Hey everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Mike, and this is Two Guys, A League, and Some Guests. Let's get it started. everyone to another episode of Tugalag. It is Mike here with you. Week number two sans Marty as he continues his vacay down in Cuba. Um, not too much going to be changing in regards to uh, the outlook of the show. We will certainly uh, go around the boards as we usually do and start off there. Uh, we'll slide into check my fanny and see the goings on of the CFHL and our fantasy league. And of course, we will finish up the evening with Beauties and the Beasts, Dragons Edition. So you know what? Let's jump right into Around the Boards. And we've got a couple of teams in the Central Division that we're going to talk to you about today. Um, first off is going to be the Minnesota Wild. It's the team that has played 69 games, 39 wins, 22 losses, 8 by overtime, 86 points on the year for a 623 points percentage. Goals for sitting at 205 and goals against is 188. Uh, you're looking at the 10th ranked power uh, power play, uh, 22.6%. Uh, penalty kill is ranked 13th at 80.8%. Um, record in the last 10 games, guys, pretty, pretty sweet. 7-1-2. Um, they just had a 14-game point streak ended over the weekend. Uh, the Bruins went in there and... I've been basically doing Bruins things and ending all sorts of streaks all year long. Uh, so of course uh, the uh, the Wild were uh, were defeated by the Bruins, and unfortunately that stopped that 14 game streak. But uh, they have been playing extremely extremely well. Um, on an overall, I would have to say it it's basically been some kind of low event, low scoring hockey uh, with this hockey club. You know, a lot of one goal games. Uh, plethora of two to one games here for this team um but you know what whatever is working for you i mean it's it it's not how pretty it is it's it's the result at the end of the day and they've certainly been getting that over the past uh past little while here um of course uh huge huge blow uh with the uh kaprizov injury he hasn't played since march 8th but they haven't exactly you know looked like super disjointed or anything in regards to the lineup. Um, you know, they've been playing fairly well here. This is this is a bit of a heavier team, um, as Marty and I have, have talked about on several occasions throughout the show. Um, you know, the big thing, I think, for this team that really kind of got them back on track and you know what? I, I really kind of feel it comes down to, to Philip Gustafson. I mean, the goaltending was a little bit off at the start of the year. It had a lot more to do with Flurry than anything else. Uh, he did not get off to a good start whatsoever. But you know what? On an overall basis here with both goaltenders, things are definitely, definitely a lot rosier than they were at the beginning of the year. I mean, Gustafson himself is 17-9-5 with a 2.08 goals against average, 9.29 save percentage. If I'm not mistaken, I think that I think that is second behind Allmark. Uh, I'd have to double check that. But um, as for Fleury, 22-13-3 with a 2.82 goals against average and a 9.08 save percentage. I mean, at the beginning of the year here, he was sitting over three goals against average and that save percentage had dipped uh, under nine, uh, 900. So, you know what, in, in regards to uh, stabilizing his play, um, he has certainly done that. I mean, Fleury's got great pedigree, so 
you know, at the end of the day, I, I still believe that this is the guy who's going to get game one of the playoffs. I mean, regardless of how Gustafson, Gustafson has played, um, I, I still think they're going to lean on, on Flower here for game one. Um, but you know what? I have to say, I think Gustafson has basically played him in, himself into a conversation uh, of the goalie of the future for, uh, um, for the Wild, uh, at least for, for the immediate future anyway. I mean, this team has played extremely, extremely well with him in nets. Uh, he's certainly taken advantage of every opportunity he's gotten uh, since the trade uh, from Ottawa. Um, I mean, personally, myself, I certainly didn't see this coming. I, I doubt the Wild did, at least to this extent. Um, I mean, you know, he's played that well. Uh, he's really spelled any kind of uh, um, off nights for, for Fleury. Um, you know, come in at any time that, that he's needed. He certainly has, uh, you know, has definitely stabilized the position uh, a little bit, especially at the beginning of the year when Fleur was going through a, a rough patch there. So, um, you know, it, it's certainly something where he's going to get uh, quite uh, quite a payday here at the end of the at the end of the year as a restricted free agent. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see where the where the Wild go with this one. Um, but you know what? Uh, certainly, what was a team weakness overall to start the year, yeah, you certainly have to feel that that's definitely a, um, a team strength when you've got uh, those two goaltenders that are playing uh, that well uh, at this particular moment in time. Um, so you know what goaltending not too bad here for the wild uh moving on to another player that i want to kind of talk about a little bit here uh, it certainly won't be for any of his defensive prowess uh, uh we're talking of one john klingberg picked up at the deadline by the wild and if i'm mistaken it was kind of like right before right before the actual uh, deadline itself uh so you know what um good move on the wild they, you know i think they just wanted to add a little bit of a punch to their transition game more than anything else i mean klingberg certainly is uh, is great with the puck in an offensive uh, uh mindset um you know he's got four points in seven games since his debut with the wild and he's actually a plus four which is kind of surprising a little bit if i'm being honest with you um but you know what good on him uh he's definitely uh He's definitely taking advantage of, of, of the opportunity that he's got with the Wild, and he should. I mean, coming from Anaheim, it was pretty pretty crappy year for uh, for Klingberg up to that point. So, you know, hopefully he can make something of it here and, um, you know, help himself out in particular with the free agency coming up over the uh, over the summer months, uh, which he's up for again uh, this year after signing a one-year deal with Anaheim last summer. So, you know what? Um they just need somebody to get that puck to those forwards up there. I mean, you know, I know Kaprizov isn't around right now to do any kind of damage, but, uh, you know, it's certainly a case where Klingberg can come in and help with that a little bit as well. So um, good on him. He's had a great start with the Wild. Uh, hopefully that can continue for him. And the last guy that I want to um, want to mention here for the Wild, and this is kind of a little bit, you know, uh, um, off the beaten path here. I mean, it's Ryan Reeves. And the reason why I'm, I'm mentioning him is, you know, going into the, especially going to the playoffs here, I mean, every, you know, it's going to be a bit of a pressure cooker for every team. This is the kind of guy that, you know, can really kind of keep a, a room loose. Uh, you know, obviously there's, the, there's all the stuff we know, the intimidation on the ice and, you know, he, the guy can drop the gloves with the best of them, obviously. Um, but he's that type of guy, you know, when things kind of get a little bit uh, dicey or, uh, you know, the pressure's really kind of ramped up, this guy's going to, you know, shoot off some sort of comment or some joke in the room or whatever. Keep the boys loose. 
and, and you know what? Those types of guys are pretty invaluable in my particular opinion. I mean, Reeves himself is is well respected throughout the league. Uh, you know, certainly the type of guy that you want to have on your team as opposed to having to face him. Um, I, I just think he's kind of a, I don't know if you want to necessarily say a glue guy, but I mean, just that type of guy who can kind of keep the team together. Uh, you know, anytime the, the kind of rails go off, uh, he's there to kind of, you know, uh, stabilize things a little bit. So uh, definitely a guy that I kind of wanted to mention. I thought it was a great pickup at the, at the beginning of the year for the wild too. So um, you know what? I mean, in regards to the wild, I do think, um, you know, they're going to make a little bit of noise here. I think in the playoffs, um, it, certainly, certainly looking forward to having Caprice off back. Uh, you know, he's probably due back. And I want to say about another two and a half weeks, maybe three weeks or so. Um, so that's definitely uh, going to be a massive, massive boost for the wild. Um, but you know what, if they can just kind of keep plugging away here, get themselves into the playoffs, get Caprice off back. Uh, you know, I think this is a team that can do a little bit of damage here. Um, there's some great, great teams out, out West. I mean, I know that the East seems to be the gauntlet, uh, but there's still some dangerous teams out there and Minnesota is one of them for sure. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how everything plays out for them and that team. Um, over the course of the next few weeks and into the beginning of the, uh, of the playoffs. So, um, you know, keep an eye on the wild, uh, definitely that type of a team that, uh, you know, anybody can get hot, but, uh, they, they, they certainly have some pieces, uh, to the puzzle there. And, uh, and it'll be interesting to see how, how things, uh, shake down here over the next few weeks. Um, the next team that I wanted to get into here, um, is the Colorado avalanche. You're, reigning Stanley Cup champions, uh, 68 games played on the year for the Avs, 40 wins, 22 losses, six by overtime. They also have 86 points on the year, uh, a 632 points percentage, however. Uh, goals for, you're looking at 226, and uh, goals against is 191. Uh, in regards to the power play, sitting fifth overall at 24.4, not much of a surprise, especially with the talent out there. Um, what is a little bit of a surprise is the penalty kill is ranked 18th currently um, at 79.2. Definitely something that you want to see, um, you know, obviously in the top 10 uh, without question. But I mean, uh, if they can certainly, you know, creep up a little bit closer to that, say 11th or 12th, uh, that definitely be uh, a little bit more ideal uh, for them. Having said that, um, this team is on a five game winning streak or, uh, it's on a five game winning streak. Uh, they are six, three and one in their last 10 games. Um, obviously the usual suspects are doing the damage. Uh, McKinnon, 30 goals, 58 assists for 88 points. Uh, the big moose, 46 goals, uh, 37 assists for 83 points. Um, Rantanen's having a really wicked year and he's more than likely going to hit his, uh, uh, his first 50 goal season here too, sitting at 46 right now. Um, you know, you got McCarr doing McCarr things, 16 goals, 45 assists for 61 points. Um, but you know what? We all, we all, we're all kind of aware of that. We know where all the damage is going to come from, but uh, what's really been great for the abs this year is that depth scoring has really stepped up for them this year. I mean, you've got anybody from Lekkanen, he's gotten his first 20 goal season, uh, 20 goals, 29 assists for 49 points. Uh, JT Comfer, 14 goals, 30 assists for 44 points. Uh, Nishushkin, 
sitting there with 14 goals, 23 assists for 37 points. And that's only in 39 games played as well, guys. So you know what? Um, for any of those as fans that weren't really 100% sure in regards to that contract extension, that big eight-year deal, um, I think it was for 64. I think it's eight times eight. Um, you know what? Put that to rest, at least for the time for the time being, guys. I mean, maybe a little bit of an injury, some injury rolls here over the uh, uh, the beginning of this contract. You got to hope that that rectifies itself a little bit. Um, but certainly, he has stepped up huge. Um, definitely, um, definitely worth that contract up to this point uh, in regards to point per game production. Um, and you know what? This is this is all without mentioning uh, Devin Tays sitting there with five goals, thirty two assists for thirty seven points. Uh, and even a guy like Evan Rodriguez, kind of a third line guy, kind of plugging away with 14 goals, 19 assists and uh, 33 points. So, you know what? They're they're kind of getting it a little bit from everybody here. Um, you know, new hook, you'd like to maybe see a little bit uh, more productive. But, you know, with all of this depth scoring and, of course, the big boys doing what uh, what they're, they've been known to do, uh, I, I, a guy like Alex Newhook can certainly take his time a little bit. Uh, a little bit more, but you know, you want kind of want to see him hit that next stage here um, over the next little bit. You know, it'd be nice if maybe he can have a um, a productive playoff. So we'll see what happens there. Um, in regards to the goaltending, I, I I mean, obviously it was a little bit of a question mark, especially with Darcy Kemper uh, moving on to Washington. They go out and get Alexander Georgiev, and I gotta tell you. Um, he's basically asserted himself as the number one in, in my personal opinion. I mean, he's sitting with a record of 31, 14 and five with a 2.58 goals against average and a nine eighteen save percentage. Not sure about you guys, but those are some pretty sweet numbers as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and, and in, and the reason I say sweet numbers is because with the type of team that the avalanche are like, that's all you need your goaltender to do. Make that one save, make, you know, just keep things, kind of chugging along you definitely don't want to have so many ups and downs you know that the team is going to be scoring for you so you know they're they're certainly in good hands with uh with georgiev you know we probably expected in regards to a fantasy point of view um probably expected it to be a little bit more of a 50 50 but you know what with francis and uh his injury history um Georgiev has run with taking the ball and run with it like in all reality so he has played extremely extremely well for that team um he's definitely getting the job done great peripheral numbers um and you know what like all this is being done with the fact that like they're injured that this team's got quite a few injuries here I mean they obviously uh are missing their heart and soul captain in Landeskog he's due back kind of any time right now I want to you know Maybe with the way they've been playing, they're going to give him even more time uh, to get himself, uh, you know, that much uh, closer to 100% if he's not. But you know what? He comes back, huge boost there. Uh, I know that Arturi Lekkinen, obviously, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's a thumb injury that he's got. Um, but he's on the shelf right now as well. And uh, you know what? The, his importance uh, and his health is uh, is vitally important to this this group. I mean, 
he was a huge, huge piece last year uh, during the cup run, uh, obviously proving his worth again this season with his first 20 goal season, as I pre- previously mentioned. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, with those guys, and then you still have a guy like Darren Helm, uh, Eric Johnson is on the shelf as well. Uh, like, I, uh, like I previously mentioned, Francis, uh has been hurt. And you know what? Josh Manson, he was a pretty big pickup for them uh, at the deadline last year. Um, and you know what? He's... He, big piece. I mean, you know, whenever you start getting those, uh, those defensemen slotted into their, their proper positions, um, it, it, it certainly makes for, uh, an easier go. Um, I mean, not that this team needs, uh, anything to be easier, especially with the way they can score, which is pretty much at will. Um, but you know what, again, with, with some of these injuries, you start getting some of these guys back, uh, you know, your lineup gets a little bit healthier. People start getting slotted into, you know, their proper places uh, and things just start to kind of take off for you a little bit. But I mean, I think we can all see it here over the past, you know, probably better part of a month and a half here, maybe even a couple of months. Uh, you know, this team has really, really started to hit their stride uh, just at the right time. And in all honesty, that's got to be kind of scary here for the rest of the NHL because, you know, again, they still have some pieces that are to come back. Uh, the biggest one, obviously, being Landis Gog. Um, but, I, I mean, once this team gets, like, look what they're doing now. If they get healthy, like, for God's sakes, like, I mean, you know, they're going to dominate again here in the playoffs. I mean, that was quite a dominant run last year. And, you know, once everybody's back, like, they they certainly seem to be in, in, in a great spot, even with, without some of the uh, players they had last year. You know, your cadres and so on and so forth uh, moved on and gone to other clubs. But, man, they are playing really, really good hockey right now. Um, and it will certainly be interesting to see uh, how things uh, play out for them the rest of the uh, the regular season and into the playoffs. Um, you know, one of those teams, and this is kind of like a little bit of a side note, you know, the the abs have a better away record than actually home record right now and don't get me wrong like their home record is nothing to sneeze at here but whenever you have these teams that are playing really really well on the road i mean obviously the, the home buildings are so behind uh their teams in the playoffs you know it, some of these teams who can play really really well on the road it, it, it's so advantageous i mean you're going into hostile environments and you know you're able to kind of put that pressure off to the side and anyway it's one of those teams that at the end of the day I think my point is here is that I'm it's it's that type of team that's first of all you don't want to meet them in the first round of the playoffs that's for sure and I mean again once they start getting everybody back here they're playing so well right now uh just imagine with with them getting some of these bodies back it's going to be something that's a, a sight to behold um, certainly a, a team to fear here over the next uh, next coming weeks and into the playoffs. Um, so you know what? Uh, that's, uh, that's your around the board segment this week, uh, hitting up on the Minnesota Wild and the Colorado Avalanche. And we are going to slide over to check my fanny. But first, uh, we are going to take a pause and a, have a word from our sponsor. Biggest tournament in college basketball is underway and the action is just getting started on DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any pregame Moneyline bet and score $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Plus, combine multiple bets for a shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings will be featuring parlays and odds boosts all tournament long, 
So be sure to check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day to see what they have in store. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN. Right now, new customers can bet $5 on any pregame Moneyline bet and get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. All right, everyone, and we are back. Let's get into Check My Fanny, and let's go ahead and take a look at the uh, league standings here right now. Um, after last week's games, um, we have the Royals, who are sitting atop the league at 16-6-0. and uh, Second place overall would be the Apocalypse at 15-5-2. and uh, You've got the Buccaneers who are sitting there at 14-7-1, uh, sitting in third overall. Fourth overall would be uh, the Brigands at 13-7-2. Um, fifth overall would be myself and the Dragons, 13-8-1. Uh, uh, and then you're finishing, finishing things off with the Cougars, 6-14-2. The Demons at 4-18-0. And the Pawn Hogs bringing up the rear at 3-19 and 19, uh, on the season. So not an overabundance of movement at the, uh, at the top. Um, myself, I was able to, uh, to take my matchup against uh, my co-host, Marty, uh, and the Brigands. Um, so kind of squeeze things up a little bit there. One point behind them in regards to uh, second in the division. Um, but you still have the, the top three teams, uh, the, uh, sorry, the Royals apocalypse and the Buccaneers, um, that all won their games last week. Uh, so not too, too much changes in the way of, uh, any leapfrogging or anything like that. Uh, however, if I'm not mistaken, there is a pretty big matchup, uh, coming down the pipe here. Um, and I believe the Royals and the apocalypse will be facing off. If I'm not mistaken, I think it might be next week. I'm not 100% sure here. Yes, it is next week. So not the current week here, but uh, uh, next week, which is um, the 27th to April 2nd. So that'll be a big matchup. Uh, probably going to be a big deal in regards to determining how things are going to play out over the, uh, the last couple weeks after that. So um, it's certainly uh, getting to be quite interesting here uh, towards the end of the year. Um, we got, if I'm not mistaken, including this week, we have five weeks left, uh, in the year. So, um, you know what, getting down to the nitty gritty here, folks, um, the apocalypse, the Royals and the, and the Buccaneers, uh, you know, the Brigands are still sticking their nose in there, uh, myself as well with the dragons. It's going to be quite a, a tough, uh, a tough go for, for those two teams, I think. Um, but you know what? And like, listen, anything can happen here, guys. So uh, we'll see how everything plays out. It will be interesting for sure to see uh, to see how the end of the season uh, works its way um, into the CFHL and who wins, who loses. Uh, any leapfrogging going on over the next few weeks? It will uh, it will be very very interesting to see. Um, we'll be keeping up to date, obviously, on a weekly basis in regards to that. Um, but you know what? Before I end any kind of check my fanny segment this week. There is three players that I want to touch on uh, that that deserve a little bit of fantasy love here. So, you know what? Let's give it to him. Uh, Clayton Keller, first and foremost. I mean, you know what? This guy's on pace for 86 points out in the desert. Like, honestly, 
I, I certainly didn't see this type of season coming for him whatsoever. Uh, you know, obviously, no matter how bad you think the team is, there's somebody who has to score on that in that lineup. Uh, Keller was was always kind of that guy. But I mean, the way he's been playing and the way he's been productive with a very, very limited amount of talent on that club. I mean, don't get me wrong. You've got decent NHL players out there. You've got, you know, uh, um, a guy like Nick Schmaltz out there. Um, so it, there are some options, but I mean, it's 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 pretty limited to, to say the least. And I got to tell you, Keller is certainly living up to uh, the expectations uh, that many had for him when he was taken that high in the draft uh, a number of years ago having a sweet, sweet year. Um, you got to hope that uh, that things kind of, you know, continue in a positive manner out there uh, in Arizona. Um, not sure how positive things can get when you're playing in a like 5,000 or 5,500 seat arena. Um, but listen, I mean, the team seems to have played pretty well out there at Mullet Arena. Um, Keller is obviously having a hell of a year. Um again on pace for 86 points i mean i don't know what more you could ask for from the player especially in the situation that he's in um certainly a guy that you're going to be keeping an eye on, at least i'll be keeping an eye on if uh, if if this player is available in any way shape or form um next year's entry draft whatever the case may be whatever uh, um uh type of pool you're in whether that be head-to-head or daily fantasy if if this guy ever becomes available, and it, again, whether that's a waiver wire pickup uh, or whether that's uh, uh, through trade, however you're gonna, however you can get your hands on this guy, it might be it might be a, a heck of a move to do so because you know what, um, he's doing all this with a limited amount of talent out there, and I you know, listen, I'm just can, continuing to ramble on about this player, so you know what, let's give some love to Clayton Keller. He's getting it done out there in. Uh, in the desert. Uh, the second player I wanted to touch on today was Wyatt Johnson. Um, for those of, you, those of you who are not aware, um, this 19-year-old rookie just had um, his 20th goal on the season. And you know what, guys? Like, this is the NHL. Like, scoring 20 goals. Scoring goals is not easy, period. This kid at 19 years old has got 20 in his rookie season. Like, this is definitely a player you want to keep your eye on. If you're in any kind of a rebuild, retool, uh, or if you're just plain and simple looking to add a little bit of youth to your lineup, you know, you probably want to look to the Dallas Stars and you certainly want to look at Wyatt Johnston um, having a great, great year out there. You know, he's really insulated out there too. I mean, you got your Robertsons out there, Rupe Hintz, Pavelski, uh, you know, on that uh, in secondary scoring, you got Jamie Benn. Uh, of course, you've got uh, Tyler Sagan still kicking around. So, I mean, this guy's insulated pretty good. It's not like they're asking this kid to come in and score like 30, 35 goals here. So he's he's been able to kind of, you know, make his way over the course of the year here out of training camp. He makes the club probably a little bit of a surprise, but it's not a surprise to anybody anymore, especially with scoring 20 goals as a 19-year-old rookie. So, you know what? Again, a little bit of love here uh, to some players that I've uh, noticed over the last little while. He certainly looks to be a keeper, that's for sure. Um, so yeah, Wyatt Johnson, keep an eye out for him, especially going into your entry drafts uh, next year, uh, September, October. Uh, the thir- third and last player that I'd like to uh, talk to you guys about uh, is Yusuf Valimaki. 
Um, with Calgary making all those um, changes to the back end, uh, you know, bringing in uh, Uyghur uh, at the beginning of the year, you know, they had a plethora of defensemen. So they, they moved on from Valimaki. And of course, the Coyotes were more than happy to uh, to get their hands on him. You know what? He's he's t- plain and simple. This guy's taken a huge uh, opportunity with Chikrin and Gossespierre. Uh, being dealt at the deadline um, you know he's having a, a really good go here out in the desert uh, he's got seven points in his last four games uh, obviously seeing an increase at five on five as well as the power play uh, so of course he's getting a, a few more touches uh, definitely more ice time overall as well uh, which he's taking advantage of so you know what uh, this is definitely going to be a, a guy you can get some great value out of uh, over the course of the, any kind of head-to-head or daily fantasy playoffs here over the next few weeks. Um, you know, especially case in point, maybe with, uh, you know, a guy like Erasmus Dahlin having a bit of a rough go here over the last little bit, you know, not really hitting the score sheet much. Maybe you kind of look uh, to other options, and Valimaki would certainly be um, one, of those, uh, one of those options for sure. Uh, so, you know what? Keep an eye on him, uh, especially if you're kind of knee-deep in your uh, playoff uh, hockey pools. Uh, at this particular point, he may be somebody you might want to turn to uh, for a little bit of um, extra production. Uh, so there you have it. Uh, check my fanny uh, done and over with, and we will be moving on to Beauties and the Beast. And this is going to be a Dragon's Edition. We are going to be talking about three of my players that have having, that are having great weeks or have had great years for that matter. Uh, and we will, of course, end with our beast for the week. So you know what? Let's jump right into it here, folks. Uh, first beauty this week, Miro Heiskanen. Got to be honest with you guys, really, really loving this player. Uh, I I took him first overall in my uh, in my entry draft. Probably had a few uh, surprises or a few uh, uh, people wondering what the heck I was doing. But you know what? Um, they may not be wondering that now. I mean, he's... He's just, he's taken advantage of the situation that, that, that presented himself. Um, and that is Klingberg being, uh, traded, uh, or sorry, Klingberg moving on to, uh, uh, to Anaheim, uh, in free agency over the course of last summer. Uh, so Miro Heiskanen comes in, uh, basically takes over the, uh, number one spot, uh, on the, uh, stars back end. And I gotta tell you, he's firmly established himself uh, in, in that position, uh, in particular, uh, over the past, uh, 10 games, he's got a 10 game point streak. I mean, he's got 17 points in those 10 games. Uh, he's ninth in defenseman scoring. He's fifth in time on ice among all D men, uh, had a huge eight point week last week for my fantasy team. Thank you, Miro, uh, led my, uh, led my D's attack, um, from the back end. Uh, and I'll tell you what, like he's really, really starting to settle in with that, uh, that team now. Uh, really starting to take ownership uh, on uh, power play one, uh, obviously playing on uh, the second penalty kill as well. So this is a guy that's playing in all situations right now. Uh, they're leaning on him pretty heavily here. I mean, at the end of the day, you've got a 6'1", 190-pound, 23-year-old defenseman, uh, 67 games played on the year, 10 goals, 49 assists for 59 points um, in our particular pool we uh, we double the points for uh, for goals uh, so his 10 goals turn into 20 goals for me at the end of the day uh, so he'd be at 69 points having a great great year for me uh, he's a plus eight 
And you know what? The thing I really like is, you know, they're leaning on him pretty heavily for time on ice. He's 25, uh, 34 time on ice per night. Um, loving that, you know, uh, leaning on him very, very uh, heavily. And I'm more than fine with that. He's ready for the, uh, he's ready to take on the challenge. Um, again, uh, I don't think there's too, too much more I can say about Mira Heiskanen. I mean, all of the, uh, all it's in black and white there for you, right on NHL.com. Uh, you know, the kid is having a great, great year. Um, and, and again, like I say, you know, for any questions uh, that may have been uh, been around this player at the beginning of the year, wondering if he'd be able to kind of step into that role. Well, guess what? I mean, he has and more. So, um, you know what? First first beauty this week, Mira Heiskanen. Love him. Second up will be Igor Shishterkin. Uh, 6'1", 189 pound goaltender, 27 years old, uh, 50 games played on the year, 32 wins, 11 losses, 7 in overtime. Uh, the peripheral numbers are, aren't as shiny as they were last year. Um, 2.57 goals against average. He's got a 9-12 save percentage. Uh, if you remember last year, he had a he finished a year with a 2.07 goals against average and 9.35 save percentage. So those were some pretty stellar numbers. Uh, so you know what, the, the the peripheral numbers aren't as as nice as they were last year. But you know what, the results are. Uh, he had a total of 36 wins on the year. He's sitting at 32 now. You got to figure that he eclipses that by a couple of games uh, over the ne next uh, couple of weeks here. Uh, and, and you know, and in particular, he, he's really, really turned it on here of late. Um, you know, had a massive shutout against the Pens uh, on Saturday night. Uh, over the weekend, uh, six nothing. Uh, again, pretty pretty stout performance uh, from Igor Shosturkin. But you know what? Uh, we're getting kind of used to this uh, game in and game out. Um, I mean, you know, th this is the player who's just had a, a great year. Um, you know, the Rangers tend to be well. They're not the most stout defensive team on the face of the earth. They're, they're still kind of finding their way a little bit. I think they've got a really, really good decor, and it's just a matter of, you know, more experience over the next, uh, you know, couple of years here, um, and they're only going to get better. Um, but you know what? Uh, Shesterkin's there to save their bacon every time, uh, or most every time anyway. Uh, so, again, not too much, you know, you can say uh, in regards to the the, the reigning Vesna winner. Um, he's having another stout year. Um, it'll be interesting to see how things shake out for both him and the Rangers over the next little bit here. Um, you know, that again, that East is just going to be a gauntlet and the Metro is just a, a really wicked division. You got Carolina, you got New Jersey up there with the Rangers. It's just, it seems like it's never ending. So, you know, it, definitely the type of player that, that you you're looking for on your roster had a great week, having a great uh, run here the last little while. Um, there you are, your second uh, beauty for the week, Igor Shosturkin. To finish up beauties for this week, we're going to go to the big moose, Miko Rantanen, 6'4", 215, 26 years old. He's played 68 games so far this year. Uh, as I previously mentioned, uh, you know, he's he's getting pretty damn close here to uh, uh, to his first 50-goal season. Uh, sitting at 46 on the year right now, 37 assists for 83 points. He's a plus seven 
uh, and playing 2217 time on ice uh, per night. Um, like I said, you know, it's got to be pretty exciting for the kid. You know, he's getting pretty close to his first 50 goal season here. And, you know, what's been really nice uh, in, in particular for me is the guy's become a little bit selfish this year, right? Like he had 254 shots last year in 21-22. Uh, so far in 22-23, he's got 247. So he's, you know, he's like literally seven shots away here. Uh, he's taken on a bit of a bigger role, obviously, with Landis Gog out uh, uh, all year so far. Uh, and he's been big time, big time clutch for this club. He's got nine game winning goals on the year. He's got three coming in overtime. So you know what? I mean, suffice to say the abs are getting uh, the elite production that they've come to know from the big fin. Um you know, as, as he and the team kind of ramp things up here, uh, get into the playoffs. And like I mentioned previously in, in our around the board segment, like things, they're just really starting to click for this, this team, uh, right now, you got guys that are going to be coming back over the next little bit. That's only going to strengthen the, the club and, and, and their lines, uh, one through four. So, you know what, Th this is just a case where, uh, you know, he, he, he's taken on a little bit more uh, with, like I say, with Landis Gog being out. Um, and you know what? It, it's looked good on him. That's for sure. Um, you certainly, uh, you know, we, we all come, we've all come to expect, you know, elite production out of this player. Um, but whenever, you know, some of the intangibles can come into play and he really starts to take on a little bit more of a leadership role with the club, it just becomes that much more valuable, right? So um, there you are. Uh, there are your three uh, beauties this week, Heiskanen, Shesterkin, and Miko Rantanen. My beast this week will be Rasmus Dahlin. Now, full transparency here, folks. Like, I I'm loving the year that this kid's having. Like, he he he's finally broken out here. Uh, you know, not like he wasn't an elite defenseman before, but he's certainly elite production-wise now as well. Um, I mean, you're talking about a 6'3", 202-pound defenseman, 22 years old. He's played 64 games on the year, um, 14 goals, 49 assists uh, for 63 points. Um, you know what? I, I, I'd have to say uh, th those are some pretty, pretty sweet numbers. But as we know in fantasy hockey, in fantasy circles, it can be kind of cutthroat. And with the way that Darlene's been playing of late, you know, he's got no points in the last seven games. Now, listen, I know the guy's playing through an injury. We, we can all kind of see that. But unfortunately, injured or not, like, you know, sometimes you just need your guys to kind of step up and get the job done for you. And he certainly hasn't been able to do that over the past couple of weeks. Um, as I previously mentioned uh, earlier, uh, you know, you may want to start taking a peek elsewhere uh, in regards to Darlene. Um, just not sure how how bad this injury is and what kind of pain he, he, he is playing through. Um, but obviously he's trying to push through something here and trying to help the Sabres, you know, get, uh, get that much closer to the... Uh, to the wild card spots and, and, and a potential spot in the playoffs. But when it comes to fantasy hockey, I think you got to look at other options right now. Um, the way he's been playing, unfortunately, just not productive. And, uh, you know, I think it's time to kind of um, not, not getting rid of the guy and not like trading him for, for pennies on the dollar here. Uh, you know, this is a guy you want to hold at the end of the day here, but um, 
for the time being, if you can switch somebody out and, you know, put, bring in somebody off your bench or a waiver wire pickup or whatever it may be, uh, you may want to get your hands on, uh, on that instead of uh, dressing Darlene, especially with um, a little bit of uncertainty in regards to, uh, in regards to the injury and where we are with that. So, you know what? There you are, folks. Uh, Beauties and the Beast in the books for another week. Thanks to everyone out there for listening. If you are interested in reaching out to us, you can email us at two guys, a lead, and some guests at gmail.com. You can find our latest episodes on our website at tubelag.com or you can follow us on Twitter for all of our info. Our handle is at tubelag. That's the number two, followed by G-A-L-A-G. Thanks for listening and until next time.